welcome back to the Den Mothers podcast. You are here with your host, Lauren and Camille. We have a really exciting episode today. We are talking all things meditation, but before that, just want to give you a reminder that if you absolutely love us and you want more of us, you can join our VIP Wolf Pack at patreon.com slash the Den Mothers. We put out exclusive content. We have, I think, eight bonus Q&As up right now. And you get unentered into a monthly raffle to win an hour-long two-on-one session with us. So head over to patreon.com slash the Den Mothers to join our VIP community today. everyone. This is really exciting. This episode launches on March 1st. It's already the third month in 2023. That is so scary. (laughs) Where was I for New Year's? I can't even remember. Oh yeah, I do not know. Where were you? Oh yeah, we were at grandma's doing a puzzle, (laughs) which is like the best New Year's I've had in a long time, actually. (laughs) Maybe my whole life. It was so exciting. Yeah, it was really exciting. So what have you been up to this week, Lauren? I think you have a lot of weekly updates. I keep telling you every time that we're going to record that I just want to do one episode where it's just a full weekly update because I (laughs) have just been having so much new stuff surface up in my life. Where do I begin? Okay, so I did that water fast and for whatever reason, it hit me like a ton of bricks And it just felt like a turbo cleanse that I had been needing to do. I realized once and for all, this is not a joke. I cannot avoid it anymore. I am pretty much deathly allergic to gluten. So, yes, it's very upsetting. You have sourdough bread. (laughs) Dude, I did an elimination diet. I had to. I just introduced a couple really simple foods It was like if I had one bite of gluten, I was okay. If I had two bites of gluten, I was in absolute shambles. So my, there's no doubt about it. It's gluten. It's not my sharp cheddar cheese. It's not eggs. It's gluten. So I have now been completely gluten-free for only three days. And I have noticed such a huge difference in my body. I can't believe it. I don't want to be a gluten-free person, but I am. I absolutely have to be. So what can I do? It's so sad because – sorry, I'm getting a little choked up. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. (laughs) I actually just had something in my throat. (laughs) But – I cannot imagine like not eating sourdough loaves, but it's at, at what risk, you know, (laughs) at what risk your stomach has been in shambles for too long. (laughs) It's been too long. So I am just, I'm actually, because I would say that I don't eat a lot of gluten. Even sourdough is a very low gluten food. Some of it is gluten-free, but it's just, it's literally just even the smallest bit of gluten and I'm over the edge. And actually dairy too, if it has lactose. So I'm still doing my eggs, my sharp cheddar cheese, 
but it, it can't be like I did raw milk yesterday in my tea and immediately I felt a reaction in my body and I'm like, okay, no. So that's the nice thing about having done that fast for so long is that I now have a new baseline for what good feels like before I didn't know. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like it could have been so many different things, but no, now you can do sort of this slow introduction to all the foods. And you know what? It's not like we're the only one. Like I feel like so many people are allergic to gluten and dairy and they just go their whole lives with stomach issues and it's it's fine. You're going to find your alternatives. You're going to find the stuff that makes you so happy and you'll just be one of those people that goes to the cool gluten-free bakeries and almost every single place has a gluten-free option now. It's just going to have to be you. I know. So I'm doing it. And I, I recommend if you don't have eating – like if you have stomach issues, this is not what this episode is about, but I just cannot believe how much pain I have been in. I thought I had IBS. I thought I was – you know, had an invasive parasite and it turns out I needed to clear out my system with a water and broth fast and then then I was like, oh my god, this is what it feels like when my stomach feels good. And so this actually wraps in to our meditation talk today. We'll get there, but I want, I I will come back to this because if we don't have a baseline for what good feels like or for what calm feels like, you don't actually realize how fucked up you are. Like how crazy your, like how unnatural your stomach pain is or how loud and chaotic your mind is. So we have to be learning what feels good first and doing what it takes to get to that point. And then it's like, okay, I have a baseline and I can try things on top of that. So at least that's been my Yeah, that's that's a good point. I like that with with health problems and like mental health stuff. It's kind of the same thing. Like we just go about our lives mm-hmm. thinking all these things are normal and it's not. It's just our baseline no. is screwed up. <laughs> yes. Baseline is all screwball. So um, yeah, that's screwball. one of my weekly updates. I know that was pretty long. So thank you for sticking with me. If you have gluten intolerance, you understand. And <laughs> the next thing is, is that I'm really moving on into a different phase of my life right now. I knew that turning 30 was going to be a big deal for me. My whole life I wanted to be 30. I'm finally 30 and it has been really just a beautiful year so far. And one of the things that has been coming up for me so much is around just work and what I do and being on Instagram. And, you know, I've been posting pretty religiously for the past seven years since I was 23, mm-hmm. you know, and I am feeling this call to really step away from it. So I don't know if by the time this episode comes out, if I will have fully deactivated my account, but I am wanting so badly to write in longer form and honestly to completely explore a different dimension of life. I want to get back into theater. I want to do some stand up comedy. I want to like put myself on stage and in front of people and go to New York for a while and just really 
explore all that life has to offer. I've always felt like I'm supposed to do that. I've always tried other things instead. And my heart keeps coming back to, you have to be on stage, honey. So we'll see what happens. I love the idea of you being back on stage again. You all don't understand the amount of support through highs and lows it requires to be Lauren's sister. And it's not that it's overwhelming for me because I'm pretty like the other way, like it's pretty simple. Like I've made some pretty big changes the last two years, but pretty calmly, like Lauren will call and be like, I am never doing social media again and I'm going to move to New York and be on Broadway, you know? And I'm just like, yep, (laughs) yep. I am here. I'm going to support it. And then the next day, it's just like, wrong. I was wrong. I am going to do a meditation retreat and live in the forest. It's just like all of these funny changes. But I do feel like for the past, like, I don't know, 10 years, you and I have been having these conversations about you just really going for it with the theater. And I mean, for those of you who don't know, Lauren was a thespian in high school and college. <laughs> and you kind of just stopped doing it altogether. So I feel like it's just, if it's, if not now, when you're kind of at that point. And I feel like yeah. this is a good lesson for our wolf pack. Like if you are at an age where you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm kind of wanting to start a family soon. You better start making some ballsy moves and just freaking go for the stuff you've wanted to do. You know, if not now, when you're not getting younger, I feel like you're 30 and you have to do it. Otherwise, it's going to be one of those things where you're like, what if I would have done that when I was 30, you know? Yeah. And, you know, if that's the life that called for me, then okay. You know, if I never did it and it was kind of just like, man, I wonder what it would have been like had I done that. Obviously, I'm not going to live in regret and stuff, but it's this deeper thing right now where it's like, I can't think of anything else. I'm literally looking up, you know, (laughs) actors who started out in their 30s or like, you know, how did these certain female comedians get their beginnings? Like, what do I need to do to start? And I don't know if it's, the thing is, is I i don't know if it's theater, like if I want to go and audition for Broadway, or if it's more of like stand-up comedy, or if it's just hosting live events where I can mm-hmm. teach, because I've been doing so much coaching where it's, you know, one-on-one, and I have absolutely loved it. And also, I'm now craving post-COVID to really be in a crowd that's moved, you know? That yeah. makes me feel so good is to feel the the feedback of a crowd. And so that's always felt like what I need. And I had that when I taught. I had that when I did so much theater. And yeah, for a while now, I haven't had that interaction and I'm just needing it. So yeah, yeah. part of the deleting social media is just that it feels like because I have that, because I have She Wolf Lauren and it's the, you know, sex and love coach that I kind of default to that because I have a following, I've worked on it, you know, it, it, it feels easy for me to create content in that space. And it's like, 
okay, what would it look like if I didn't even have that? Like, Mm. where would I go? What would I do? It's such a different feeling. And so that's, that's the point of it. And we'll see. I mean, geez, the Wolfpack will be with us. We're going to continue to do the podcast. We'll continue to have our Den Mothers page. And this is where you'll be able to find me. And you can go to my website, and which is shewolflauren.com, and sign up for my email list, please, because I will be so much better at sending out emails and really being active with you on there since I won't have another outlet. So anyway, that's yeah. kind of my weekly update. That's really exciting. It's really exciting. <laughs> so definitely like make sure if, if you are a person who's found us through Lauren's page at She Wolf Lauren, make sure you're following the Den Mothers on Instagram at the Den Mothers and make sure you're following me on Instagram at Camille Joanne XO. That's where you will see most of the podcast updates. And again, sign up for Lauren's mailing list at shewolflauren.com so you don't miss her other long form blog updates. Yes, and we can put the sign-up form in the show notes as well. So you don't even have to go further than our show notes. You can just sign up right mm-hmm. here. My weekly update is nowhere near as exciting. And Whoops. also I just feel totally fine with that. <laughs> You're having a great life. I don't have any big updates. I am really just so happy right now. I feel like... I've had I had a couple days last week where I felt really down emotionally and it feels like I bounced back from that with double the fire and I just feel <laughs> I didn't fight it. I felt into everything I needed to feel of just being a little bit sad, being in my feelings again, which is fine. I knew stuff like that would come up for a while. And when I didn't push it down, I just let it flow out of me, had a little cry sesh. I feel just so inspired. I'm working like crazy. I'm having fun. I'm flirting. I'm going out. I'm going to the beach, having days with my ladies. It just feels fabulous. Lady St. Patois. And I was accepted on Raya. So now I... What is that? Just this morning, I was accepted on Raya, which is a dating app. So we'll we'll see where it goes. But what does that mean? Be accepted? I'm confused. Raya is supposed to be a little bit more exclusive. You actually have to apply to be in there and get referrals and stuff from other people who are Raya members. So I had a couple of girlfriends who are on there. I had to do an application. You have to put your social media, your career like what you do and then I had three referrals of three girlfriends I know who said like yes this is I don't even know what the referral looks like like yeah she's kind of cool and then I was put on a wait list for like a month and then I got a text this morning that I was accepted into Raya and I'm like oh my god this is so exclusive and you have to pay for it Whoa. Yeah. So once you get accepted, you have to pay for a membership. But that's why it's so much. I feel like people are so much more intentional on there because you're not just like signing up and putting one picture on and you're like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, whatever. I'm interested in dating. This one, you kind of have to be like, okay, if I'm going to invest a little bit, I'm kind of, I'm going to be on there and, and be intentional about dating, you know? 
So now I'm how on much a dollars? Couple it's like ten bucks a month. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. even more than our Patreon. It's more than our Patreon, so we'll see. I mean, you can sign up for like little chunks of time. I just did the year one because that's where it's like ten dollars a month, and then we'll see if it's cool or not. You know, I can always cancel. But it is fun getting on dating apps. For those of you in the dating world, I see you. It's scary. <laughs> what do you think is the scariest part? Hmm. What's the scariest part? Putting yourself out there. <laughs> <laughs> when all you really want to do is sit with your dog and eat ramen, right? Yeah, all I want to do is sit with my dog. But I've been actually getting pretty good at the dating apps because I decided it's not that I'm making it a little bit of a business, but I'm a plan person. And so I don't like the idea of having another app that's just like there and I can look at men. So a couple weeks ago, I don't know if I said this on our other podcast. I don't think so. But I decided to be intentional about dating apps like go on there once a day or once every two days and spend like 15 minutes, like look at the clock, be like, okay, you have 15 minutes to message people, swipe people, because I don't like the idea of just matching with a bunch of people and never talking to them. And I also don't like the idea of just going on there. Like it's people texting me, you know, getting notifications. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that either. I'm just going to go on there once a day for a little bit and just see what happens. And it seems like that's better. It's been Dang. working better for you're me. So I'm more methodical. Kind of yeah, you're yeah. so methodical. It's like I'm whatever when I met my husband. <laughs> yeah, I'm methodical. I know. We just need to bring that up more. Lauren met Shane on Hinge. That is just wild. It is <laughs> a part of my story that I can believe the least. It's so crazy. Yeah. But just it happened that both way. of you, knowing both of you, it makes no sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. It's so crazy. But I guess, you know what? I always just say there really wasn't another way to meet people at that time. It was COVID. Like it really was so many people. I feel like it went from people wanting to have sex and getting on social media or I mean, sorry, on dating apps to if you wanted to date at all, it was really the only option. Nobody was outside and everybody's wearing a mask. So unless you That's had like so friends, you know, mm-hmm. like unless you had friends who were introducing you to someone, you know, it was mm-hmm. the only way to date. It was purely dating apps. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I forgot that for you guys example, met during that time. Restaurants weren't even open. So for our first date, we they they were only open for takeout. So we got takeout and like went to my loft and that was, you know, our first date. We could have gone for a walk or something, but it's like, that was, that was the that's caliber how though. Was. That was it. That was it. Yeah. That's so crazy. We just had Valentine's day, which was all about love for other people, for your Valentine's, for your girls. And we want to remind you that nourishing your skin and having self-love and body appreciation practices is really important. We both use Amber Bath Bathing Essentials to 
adorn our skin with the best oils, absolutely nothing artificial or gross because our skin is our biggest organ. So if you want to hop on the bandwagon of shea butter, cocoa butter, vitamin E, and olive oil all over yourself, then go to amberbath.com and enter code WOLFPACK for 20% off your order. We promise that you will thank us. Enjoy. Today's episode is sponsored by meditation. We are talking. (laughs) And it's sponsored by this little Eastern practice we like to call meditating. This little contemplative doodad called meditation. Mm -hmm. Ding. Ding. Okay. So I wrote a blog post a while back called, If You're Bad at Meditation, Read This. And it was inspired because I was meditating at my dad's and I only had 15 minutes that morning to kind of squeeze it in. And during that meditation practice, I had about 6,000 things happen, it felt like. And I was just sort of laughing during my meditation, like, how is this happening? And if I was the a person who was meditating for my first time, I would feel so discouraged. Like, I was so bad at this. And what I mean by 6,000 things is like, There was a dog barking in the distance. A fly was buzzing around my head. I was thinking about the 10 things that I had to do immediately after this. Why I was an idiot for meditating because I was going to be late to my next appointment. Like so many things coming up. And I'm just like, I don't even know if this is meditation at this point. But of course, (laughs) I've been practicing meditation for a long time probably around 10 years that I started being familiar with breath work and meditation and incorporating Mm -hmm. it into my life. But it wasn't until really the past two years that I have been really diligent about meditation and started to dive deeper into what is it? Why am I doing it? What are the benefits? What's my goal? You know, what does it mean when my mind is racing? And so, you know, Shane is my meditation teacher and he teaches Camille a lot as well. And so we're excited today to just talk to you about the importance of meditation, what it can feel like in your body, why it is imperative that you are doing this daily, and then just answering some some basic questions. Yes. I am so excited because meditation has completely changed my life. So I love talking about it and I just feel like it's so important and I think it is talked about, but I do want to say that there's a lot on social media with like spiritual communities that tell you, you don't have to meditate to be spiritual. And to me, that actually is just kind of BS. (laughs) I feel like you actually do need to meditate. (laughs) So we'll just, we'll get into all of it today. Yeah, I think that we can actually start there because any life coach, spiritual coach, love coach that you encounter these days on social media is probably saying something about, you need to have a meditation and breathwork practice. It's really important. 
anybody can say that, but it's really important to know whether or not they're actually doing it. And I know the difference because I've been a person before that said meditation is so important. And then I would be kind of haphazardly meditating and not understanding the, I don't even want to say goal, but just not understanding what I was doing. So basically I would sit down and open up the floodgates of my mind. This is what I thought meditation was. I would kind of sit down and say, okay, I'm just going to sort of feel whatever comes up for me. So I'd sit and all of a sudden I would be feeling kind of a complex series of emotions. And this is just my experience. You can say yours too, Cammie, after this. Mm -hmm. But I would kind of be like, wow, you know, I'm feeling some tension in my heart. I'm, uh, you know, having a lot of thoughts. Oh, as soon as I stop meditating, I need to do this. And so it would kind of be this time for me in my day to check in with my body and kind of make a mental to-do list of what I needed to do. And then my little timer would go off and I would say, oh, okay, I I just meditated for my 10 minutes. Good. Check that off the self-love list. Mm-hmm. That was what meditation was to me as it was a time where I was silent. I was doing nothing else but closing my eyes and like focusing on my third eye. Basically, I would just be putting all my attention there. Okay. And so, yes. I would have some unique experiences, you know, I would have like little divine guidance pop in maybe or something like that. I would come up with a caption maybe or a post, but it was like, it was not a practice. And that's what I want to distinguish between today. Hmm. Meditation is the practice of noticing what the mind is like. And paying attention to the mind so that when Mm -hmm. you are in a stressful situation, you can know what peace feels like in your mind. Mm. So it's sitting with yourself and gaining a relationship with what's happening upstairs because most of us do not realize how incredibly loud and chaotic our minds are. We think that we know and we do not know. We do not know unless you have really practiced this knowing. And so what's happening is your unconscious is really running your life. It's Mm -hmm. running your interactions with your partner. It's running your interactions with your kid. What job choices that you're making, what you're choosing to eat, when you're binging, when you're not. It's running you. And until you learn how to sit and be quiet and look back at your mind, you don't know true peace. Mm. And so I want to give another example from my own life for when this clicked for me because everybody has points in their life where meditation or kind of the goal of meditation, I call it the zero state. Everybody has an experience like that. For example, Mm -hmm. When you kiss somebody for the first time or when you're kissed for the first time by somebody that you really like, there's a brief moment during that kiss where there is no internal dialogue happening. For a brief moment, you're not thinking, 
they're a good kisser. I hope they think I'm a good kisser. I hope my breath doesn't stink. I shouldn't have had garlic. Ooh, I really like this. I hope we have sex. Oh, I can't wait to tell my sister that he just kissed me. (laughs) All of that is mental chatter, okay? Mm -hmm. But there's a brief moment during the kiss, usually at the very beginning of it, where you're just the experience. You are just experiencing the kiss and there isn't any mental chatter. It's just the kiss. It's just the experience of the kiss. That moment is zero state, what I call it, where there isn't really a you to be experiencing. It's just the experience. It's you. It's the kiss. It's the other person. It's everything happening around you. It's just the experience. It's not you experiencing it. That's that's a really great – yeah, it's a really great example I feel like I have had those experiences during athletics. Mm-hmm. I've had those yeah. like I'm fully in it or even if I'm swimming, it's like all of a sudden you're so in the moment. It almost feels like you're in a movie. It feels yeah. like nothing – that moment where you come out of it and you're like nothing else in the world mattered to me other than that very thing that I was doing and I feel like you can recognize it because it feels euphoric it can feel euphoric but more importantly I think what a central theme of these experiences is is that it's really hard to describe it's really hard to describe what it is because you're not thinking about it as it's happening But you know it. You know it. And we all know it. You know what Camille's talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Because you've had these little moments of experience. Meditation, from the perspective that I practice, which is Dzogchen Buddhism, Tibetan Dzogchen Buddhism, we call it taking the path for the goal. And meditation is striving for that state, that first kiss state, that state that you experience when you're doing an extreme sport or when you're doing something that you really love and you're just in it, it's taking that and being with that and trying to have those experiences closer and closer and closer together so that eventually you are experiencing your life. You are just in experience. Mm -hmm. That, of course, can be really difficult. It's so simple, but it's really difficult because you're like, okay, but my body's doing all of this stuff. I'm in these relationships. My boyfriend's pissing me off. I can't just be in it. I was going to just try to relate this to the way that I, what I used to think meditation was because I feel like it's very common for people to think this way Okay. because my, my experience with meditation was different. I had a teacher in high school who was, who actually knew how to meditate. So I was taught as a junior in high school, how to meditate, how to watch every thought not to hold mm-hmm. on to it, to just see it for what it was and watch it dissolve. So that was ingrained in me 
probably younger than most. And then also in my yoga teacher training, again, years later. So my, the same thing, I've had on and off meditation practices since I was 16 in yoga Mm -hmm. classes, doing breath work stuff with teachers, but I almost separated my normal life from my practice life, if that makes sense. I Mm -hmm. thought that if I could carve out that much time in my day for meditation, that that was supposed to be my quiet time. And the rest of my life, it was like totally chaotic, but it was okay if I had my next day, I was going to do meditation. Okay. Yeah. It was like your sacred time. Yes. Yes. And I couldn't understand that with the right practice, you can carry that. The point is to carry it throughout your whole day. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I had yes. never made that connection until Shane. Yeah. What you're talking about is a really important thing to say because that's what I thought too, where I would have my meditation and it would almost be like an ego thing. Like, yep, doing my meditation. I'm so awesome. I am so put together. Now I'm going to go do all these other things in my life and like get my little to-do list of stuff done for the day. But I wouldn't realize, like you said, that, oh, in my whole life, if I'm not applying this noticing my mind to my life, then I'm never going to improve or go anywhere. Mm. So that goal of meditation to be in that zero state, I think I misspoke before, the Zogchen nomenclature is, or the Zogchen saying is, you're taking the goal as the path. Instead of there being this path toward the goal, like we're meditating, we're meditating, we're meditating so that we can get to this zero state, it's recognizing that there is the zero state and striving for that goal on your path. Mm. And so that experience of recognizing, oh my gosh, there's this time where I'm not a me experiencing the world. I'm just the experience. That's really the basis of non-duality is that it's not me and then the world. It's just, it's just, (laughs) just the space. It's the space. It's just the consciousness. And so taking the goal as the path is a pretty advanced, it is the most advanced style of meditation. So of course, what we have to have, because it's really, it's so simple, but it's actually extremely difficult in practice because we have, we're people and we have had so many things happen to us. So many really sad experiences. We're very disconnected from our bodies. So we have to come back to things like the breath, When we're meditating, we have to come back to things like mantra. We have to come Mm -hmm. back to things like yoga to open the body. And Mm -hmm. so all of these practices, these contemplative practices are really getting us toward a place where we can sit in stillness and be in that zero space for as much time as possible and then carry that throughout our whole lives. So the Mm -hmm. meditation practice itself is practicing 
so that when we have these bigger life events, a family member dies, something tragic happens, there's a freaking, you know, 9-11 or a volcano erupts so that you can maintain your peace and not go to absolute pieces and panic and suffer. Yeah, that's right. It really is just for suffer mitigation, (laughs) not mitigation, Mm -hmm. but you, it's so hard because usually we jump or we want to jump into the practice when something's already happened and it's like, well, I'll just meditate or do yoga Mm -hmm. or something to get through it. And you know what? So many people come to fall in love with the practices and continue after because of those things. But also you don't have to wait till catastrophe to start these practices. You should start now. Right. You should start now. I can't think of any practice more important than practicing presence now. I just wanted to mention that it's kind of one of those things where you have to just trust that it's going to change your life before it actually does. Because the practice, it it slowly over time, you start realizing things like, oh, that's interesting. I get really pissed off in traffic and I don't want to be doing that anymore. So how can I breathe through this or how can I notice what I'm doing and take a step back? You don't even have the, what is that called? When you, like a review of yourself. You don't have access to that if you haven't taken the chance to calm your mind down so that you can notice you're doing that. The the awareness, the self-awareness. You have to calm your mind so that you can be self-aware enough to make changes. And that's something that's really important. Yeah. It's really self-awareness to recognize that change is happening. And I get this all the time. Oh, I can't meditate. My mind is way too crazy. I have too much anxiety for that. And I'm like, well, that is the whole entire point is to recognize Mm -hmm. how crazy your mind is so that when you're implementing all these practices and doing like breath work and yoga and Reiki and acupressure and all these things, how will you be able to notice a change unless you dedicate time to stillness and silence? You you can't. You'll just be right. wrapped up in life, keep going, and you're doing the practices, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't notice any change. Well, of course, because you're not sitting with yourself. Yeah, and not only not because you're not sitting with yourself, but because you haven't dedicated enough time. The, the, the interesting thing about our culture is that we're so obsessed with instant gratification that you're expecting yeah. to sit down and take one deep breath and all of a sudden be able to awaken. Like that's basically people, maybe not to that degree, but it's people are like, well, I'm still fighting with my spouse or my kids still pissing me off. And it's like, of course, of course, you haven't dedicated yourself to this. You have to really mm-hmm. decide for yourself what's important to you. And mm-hmm. maybe it's the money in the fast cars right now, but when you're on your deathbed and you haven't practiced at all for death and you haven't practiced at all clearing out all of this minutia in your life that doesn't feel aligned with you, 
it's going to be pretty important for you to have dedicated yourself to this early in your life. Yeah, it really is. Meditation, I feel like, has brought up so many things for me. And it's also really showed me where in my life I needed to do additional work. And Mm -hmm. you said something earlier about the way you would sit in meditation was just letting your mind run like crazy. And though that's not the practice, I Mm -hmm. find there are moments in my life. So I dedicate specific time for meditation. And then also I take note of what's coming up a lot. And I actually do at some point, like whether it's, if it keeps coming up over and over, I don't have like a set amount of time, but I'm like, wow, I I actually need to start doing some work with that part of me. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. there's some healing that needs to be done here. There is some change in my external life that needs to be made so that I can continue on my path to presence. Because right now when I'm sitting in stillness, my mind is crazy because of this thing. You can more Mm -hmm. easily see what's pulling you out of the present moment. Totally. After this, I feel like we should actually talk about how to meditate. But what I just wanted to say here is that a lot of times breath work and meditation are combined into one. People will say, are you doing your breath work and meditation? And the reason for that is because the mind rides the breath. So if you're breathing if you're unaware of your breathing and you're breathing quickly and shallow, like most of us are when we're typing on our computer or we're on our phones, the mind is more capable of being chaotic because of the oxygen, because of your actual biology. And so when we sit in meditation and really focus on the breathing with proper posture and really getting our body into a state of comfortable erectness. <laughs> you want to be erect, but also comfortable so that you can have the benefits of noticing your belly breaths. You can notice where your lungs are expanding and how you can fit a little bit more air in there. You can notice what what all of that feels like and it helps your mind to calm down. Your mind mm-hmm. naturally takes care of itself the more we breathe, breathe, mm-hmm. breathe, come back to the breath. So yeah. modern day, you know, we have a lot of yoga classes and Pilates and things like that, but yoga was designed <laughs> all those years ago to limber the body so that you can sit in meditation. Yoga is for mm-hmm. meditation. And we've adapted that, that, of course. Yeah, we've adapted it, of course, to be moving meditation and all of this stuff, and it's wonderful. But it was to open the body so that you can sit in meditation and self-realize so that you can notice that you're not yeah. a soul. Yeah, because so, when you're sitting right now, you see all these photos of people meditating, sitting on the floor in full lotus with their knees touching the ground, sitting erect, and you're like kind of scared. You know, you're like, well, holy shit. I'm like basically in a ball. My hips are so super tight. I can't <laughs> meditate if I have to look like that. <laughs> right. You know, I, I feel like it's kind of scary. It, but we forget that's the whole point of yoga in the first place was limbering the body so that you can actually sit for hours on end. <laughs> yes. And it's important to just remember that. Like how 
what do you want to be like when you're old? I, I just always think about when I'm old. I just think about when I'm old, think about when I'm old, think about when I'm old. What kind of an old person do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And I want to be a little one. I want to be little so Susie with my wrinkles if I'm going to have them. And I want to be in Lotus and walking around like our grandma. Like I just want to be her. <laughs> yeah, me so too. I, I feel like the – the people with the most vibrant energy that I've ever met as old women, because I feel like it's really important. This is sort of a side note, but to ask elders what a part of their life is, you know, that has really made them happy or thriving. They've like made it, you know, they've made it to how old we are trying to get to. And (laughs) most of the ladies that have this vibrance about them and they look so just cute and put together, yoga all of them all of them they have a stretching practice and I'm like I am telling you the yogis know where it's at the yogis know where it's at okay so let's talk about how to meditate I think it's really important for the wolf pack okay number one you've got to carve out some time in your day seems obvious yeah it's not obvious You, Mm -mm. every single Sunday when you get your little notification that says, bingo, bingo, bongo, sorry, little lassie, you've been on your phone for eight hours this week, that is a problem because eight hours adds up and all of a sudden, just three of those days, that's a whole day of your life. Eight times three is 24, right? Yeah. Whole day of your life, 24 hours. So you... If you can do that and if you care about Kylie Jenner and what everybody's doing, and I'm speaking to myself here because I literally blocked all of the Kardashians Mm -hmm. so that they don't pop up on my feed anymore (laughs) because it was so addicting. It's so interesting. If you can dedicate the time to learning your new makeup trend, how to do your hair the cutest, you can dedicate time to putting your phone on airplane mode and sitting down on your ass for 20 minutes a day. You can do it. Yeah. You can do it. You can. That is essential. I am so sick of people saying that they do not have the time to meditate. And But you know what? It gets really hard if you are not doing it at the butt crack of dawn first thing in the morning. Like I have just even realized for myself – I have to do my ritual first thing in the morning. I get up, I brush my teeth, and I sit back down. Because if I'm like, okay, I'll do it after I work out. I'll do it after I go out to eat tonight. It's like, I'll do it, I'll do it. And you all of a sudden are like, okay, I'll just get up and do it again tomorrow. For me, the consistency came when I decided to dedicate first thing in the morning to stillness. Yes. Yeah, and it is too. It depends on your living circumstances as well. Like who's up in your house? Did you just have a baby? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, is your partner going to cuddle in the morning? You have to take into account what your current life structure is. But if you're a single chick living by yourself and you can't figure out a time to meditate, I'm sorry, but you're just not, you're, you're fucking up. (laughs) I feel like I never swear except for when I tell people that they're fucking up, but that is the truth. In my opinion, it's like, you can do this. Yeah. Okay. So single chick or single guy, I'm sorry, but I just have to throw this in there for any of our male listeners. 
I cannot think of something hotter right now as a single chick who's in the dating world as a man who is telling me they have a meditation practice. Oh, it's I'm like, so hot. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. please. It's almost a non-negotiable for me. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's important. Yeah. It's important. Okay. Yep. The first thing you need to do, and I agree, for me, it's in the morning. Shane and I were just talking about this yesterday. Even if you have all of the perfect circumstances, like I have the perfect circumstances right now to meditate at any time of the day. I could be meditating at mm-hmm. noon, 8 p.m. Like I can do it whenever. If I don't meditate in the morning, it's really weird how it almost just is impossible for it to happen. It's like mm-hmm. it's part of my morning routine, just like brushing my teeth. Create 20 minutes of space. If you want to start with five minutes, you can, but you can do 10 minutes. You can do 20 minutes. You can sit down for 10 to 20 minutes. You can do it. So that is the first thing. You have to do that before you can do anything else. Mm -hmm. The second thing is to find a place in your home that feels inviting for you to meditate in and figure out how you're going to sit. So if Lotus isn't an option. You can sit cross-legged. I like to pull my butt cheeks apart and pull the meat out a little bit from my butt cheeks. Yeah. So I'm Wait, sitting. First thing, even before pulling the butt cheeks out, I know that 98% of our population cannot sit in full lotus on the ground. So you have to be putting a pillow or two up under your butt. Your knees need to be below your hips because it will actually prop you up. Your knees are crisscross in front of you with your knees down the ground. Put pillows under your butt until it feels okay on your knees. It's okay. I have been meditating for so long. I still sit on a I, I still sit on a pillow or two. So does Lauren. Yes. I am able to achieve full lotus for 10 seconds and no more before I absolutely scream and writhe in pain. So yeah, before it, your ne- exactly. your knees are before your kneecaps are shooting out of your skin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't want your kneecaps shooting out of your skin, do that. There are also like if you want to get a little bit, you know, if you want to be like, okay, it would help me if I had a little meditation cushion. You can find amazing meditation cushions at Amazon.com if mm-hmm. you want to go to Amazon or you can go to local places like you can find little meditation cushions. Okay, the other option is if that feels very uncomfortable for you, you can also take a pillow, put it behind your knees, and sit on your knees. Sit on your knees and butt with your hands directly on your thighs. You're kneeling down, so your heels are on your butt, and then you're putting a pillow in between your butt and your heels. So you're sitting on the pillow, but you're on your knees. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, and you can also put a pillow under your knees or sit on a yoga mat if you only have hardwood or tile or something. But basically what you're wanting is for your spine to be erect but relaxed and for your head to follow suit. So you don't want your head kind of coming forward or going back. You're wanting a nice neutral jaw and for your spine to be erect but not, you know, too much where your boobs are poking out or your chest is poking out but just a nice 
I don't know how else to say it other than erect, but relaxed. I like to imagine a string from my tailbone all the way lifting through the top of my head, pulling up. So it's just, it's just holding you in place. You're just sitting there like one of those skeletons you saw in science class. It wasn't erect. It wasn't hunched over. It was just kind of plopped right down. Like it looks like it's just sitting exactly in a line. That's what you want. Yes, that's what you want. Now we have made our time to meditate and now we're erect and sitting. The next thing is what do we do with our eyes? When I sit down in meditation, the first thing I do is just let my body know that it's going to be here and that it's safe. I I always kind of just do that. I take one breath and just do a little body scan like, okay, cool. I'm now in meditation. And typically the eyes are closed. Mm-hmm. I keep my eyes open because in the style of meditation that I practice, you want all of your senses to be open and receptive to stimulus because that's how we live most of our life. And so my eyes are open and I'm not looking out of the window thinking tree, window, branch. I'm really practicing non-duality, which is why I keep my eyes open. But if it feels better for you, you're able just gently close your eyes. And I recommend beginning a meditation practice if this is your first time or if you're just starting to dedicate yourself to it, just noticing the breath. You can keep your mind on something that's consistent, noticing your inhale and exhale, If it helps to tap one finger and just notice that one tap on your leg, just something that is consistent for you. Inhaling and exhaling, I used to count to 10 and then count over and really focus on each number. Or you can repeat a mantra. So having either a chant that you would say in Sanskrit or Tibetan or, you know, typically a contemplative language is fine. Or you can repeat a mantra to yourself like, I am safe, I am love, or I am love, I am light. For me, it really helped to learn a Sanskrit mantra. I used to do Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha, Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha, which is for Ganesh. And then I had one that I did from my yoga teacher training, but you can learn these just online. I think it's important to recognize also that there are days I've been practicing meditation for a while now and for a year plus every single day and there are still days that I switch it up because my mind is just a little more crazy so I I'm like okay I'm in a mantra today or okay I'm gonna do breath work today I'm not all of a sudden just there's no I'm not expecting that every day that I sit down, I'm going to just be completely without thought. Because when you start thinking that way, you get frustrated and you're missing the point. So I just, I want to remind everybody that because sometimes I feel like when you're practicing, you, we get frustrated because the instant gratification and it's like, oh my God, my mind is so crazy. I hate it. I, this isn't doing anything. I'm not you know, you said this at the beginning, but I'm not doing it right. And mm-hmm. the the point is just to be noticing, the being the observer of your mind. So if you're noticing that your mind's a little crazy and you need an extra tool, that's fine. 
it's fine to do that. What isn't fine is to just be like, I hate this. I'm not doing it and just not meditate at all. <sighs> right. Yeah. Cause the thing too, is that if you're sitting in stillness and you're noticing that your mind is going haywire, you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. You're doing it right because you're right. noticing your mind. And so that can be actually a frustrating part of meditation sometimes is that you get good at noticing when your mind is a little bit berserko and it becomes more frustrating if you can't turn it off. So yes, and I had one of those this morning. <laughs> yes, that's improvement. That's improvement. You're noticing, you're noticing, you're noticing without attachment to it immediately disappearing the second you notice. That's important yeah. too is if you go into meditation like, okay, I'm going to be feeling better. My life is going to be so good. Like it's just going to be amazing. That is attaching to an externally focused um, achievement. And yeah. that is not how it works. You, We're practicing non-attachment here. We're practicing – showing up even if you're just showing up that day and sometimes it really is like that sometimes I will be sitting there and I will think oh my timer is about to go off I can feel it I've been sitting here for 26 minutes and oh my god I was just thinking about somebody who once did stand-up comedy and then you know I I don't even know it'll just be like I will have been thinking about something several minutes but honestly over time you start noticing when you're thinking faster and you come back you notice when you're thinking faster and you come back you notice and you come back you notice and you come back the exciting part is that you have the option to come back and Mm -hmm. you're sitting now with your eyes closed you're in a relaxed position you're comfortable and It's really important, I think, to have some kind of a timer that's different from your phone timer. There's Mm -hmm. nothing worse than being taken out of meditation by like, "Eh, eh," or it's horrible. So I use Insight Timer. It's free. And I really like the sound of their bowls, the, the sound bowls that they use. And they have a paid version where you can be guided in meditation. I also love the Waking Up app by Sam Harris, and then you have access mm-hmm. to his podcast as well there. So you need a timer. And then you just set your okay. timer and do what we just said. I just forgot to say those two things. Yes. That's beautiful. I I just – I want to say one thing because it's happened to well, me. You- Shane, said it ha- Shane said it happened to him. When you are doing what Lauren just described – That's the point. There's no greater point because I've had, I had those moments where I'm like, wow, I'm feeling tingly. Am I going to blast off into space and have a crazy psychedelic experience? And I was so, I, you can get so wrapped up in the fireworks. You're wanting fireworks, but I just want to remind you that that is not the point of meditation. Sure. We may have some things come up that are really great ideas or you have memories come up or something. Those are all still just your thoughts. And we're trying to 
become the observer of those and rest in the awareness that's behind all of it. There isn't Mm -hmm. anything more. You're not trying to do something super exciting. And I Mm -hmm. have specific practices that I actually do for those exciting experiences that are separate from my meditation because I know my meditation has its specific purpose. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah, that's really important. And along those lines, you mentioned fireworks, and I love Shane uses the term pyrotechnics. If you imagine a lake and there have been tourists in the lake and it's tilled up all of the uh, silt from the bottom and the dirt from the bottom, the lake appears murky. But when you give it time to settle, all of the dirt and the leaves and all the stuff that's come up to the surface eventually settles back down onto the bottom of the lake. And now it's a crystal clear, pristine lake. It was crystal clear and pristine the whole time. It's just that it had been chaotically dusted up like that. That's what the mind is. The mind is already pristine and clear and beautiful, like that lake that you're imagining, like glass. Over time, it has become completely chaotically dirtied Mm -hmm. by your experiences, your thoughts, your perceptions on things. And so we're returning your mind to that clear, clear, clear state, which it already is. So when we are striving for pyrotechnics, we're missing that clear lake view of Mm -hmm. you already are that. You have been tricked into thinking that you're all of these other chaotic things because of society and what people have said to you and what you think, X, Y, Z. And these meditation practices are to settle all of that silt back to where it belongs. Yes. Beautiful. And that's not to say too, I just, I like to keep coming back to this. This is not to say it's going to bypass these traumatic events that have happened in your life. Like all of a sudden you're going to meditate and you're going to be like, actually, I love my boyfriend who's really shitty to me. That's not That's not what's going to happen either. When we start to transform our internal world and settle the silt, that reflects into every other part of our external world because we start to realize what we deserve. We start to realize what we allow in our lives energetically. We start to get in touch more with our intuition. Like all of these things we start to desire healing from our previous wounds because we recognize those are pulling us out of the Mm -hmm. present moment. All of the external stuff doesn't go away when you start focusing on the internal world. Things just get easier to navigate. That's what I want to say. Yes. Mm -hmm. Easier to navigate and easier to become aware of. Like Mm -hmm. when you have a chaotic mind, we can sometimes not even know what our genuine reaction to things is. You Mm -hmm. know, when I started to clear stuff out, I realized how much rage I had inside of me. Like I would have never associated with the word rage. Okay. It just wouldn't have happened. I realized that rage is like a huge part of who I am. Mm -hmm. I feel rage about stuff and I let it out. I mean, I I allow myself to embody rage and to just 
express it now. I never was able to do that before. I didn't even know that that was a part of me that I needed to access. And so yeah, clearing the water means you can clearly see through it. You know, being able to clear the mind means when you need to feel angry, you're allowed to feel angry, but it's not going to be from this chaotic place of like, ew, I'm feeling jealous and now I'm mad and like he did that to me, so I'm doing this to him. It's more just like I feel pissed off. This is why. And you can be direct and clean and clear with your words and your actions and your life. Yeah. It it really – behooves you in so many ways. I mean, I think about people who have worked on calming down their minds and, you know, our stepmom, her meditation practice looks a little bit different from this. You know, she meditates Mm -hmm. in water, which is beautiful. She is a straight shooter, says what she feels. She says exactly, trust her. You know that what she's saying is coming from this clear place even if it might come across as too much to people or you know whatever it's like at least you know it's clear because she's sat with herself and sat and sat and years and years and years so Mm -hmm. it takes dedication and time and there are these underlying qualities that emerge when you calm the mind and they're not what people think it's not like you become this wall that is, you know, receptive to everything and just totally aloof. No, it's like this confidence that emerges in you. It's a courageous nature. It's deep love and compassion for everything around you and other people's stories and other people's suffering. Like you really Mm. get in touch with that when you start to calm your mind. Those qualities won't go away you step into who you are when you start calming the mind right now it's clouded with a bunch of bullshit (laughs) but you settle the water you clear the lake and you will be blown away with the person that emerges it yeah it is really exciting it's not what you think it's gonna be yeah it's I feel a little speechless right now because I actually don't know how to express how important it is other than to just beg you to do it (laughs) and we're not obviously benefiting from this in any way except for just to share with you what has changed our lives so much and it's free it's It's free free it's free that's the craziest part it is free we have the most beautiful tool our body awakening happens through the body. Yeah. You just sit with your body and you become the observer and these beautiful things can transform your life. It's free. It's the only thing that isn't free is your time. You just have to dedicate your time to it. And so many people have such a hard time doing that. I felt the same way. Yeah. I feel like so many people, I, I just hear this a lot. People saying, Oh my gosh, I don't know what the world is today you know, technology, chat, GBT, we have AI infiltrating, we've got, you know, people, mass shootings on the run, like so many more happening. We've got terror and what's happening in Syria and earthquakes and all this stuff. We have to come back to ourselves right now. We are in a really an interesting time in the world And there's very little that we can actually control. 
your job can go away. You could never sign another client again. You could technology as we know it could be very different in the next couple of years. Something could happen where you can't work anymore. You get hit by a car. I mean, these are really, it sounds really shitty. I'm not trying to, you know, do a lot of anxiety here. But what I'm saying is we really don't know what is going to happen in our lives. What we do Mm -hmm. know is that we have the option to pursue freedom in our minds and to pursue peace in our bodies and peace in our hearts. And that's what the world needs more of is more of us dedicating ourselves to ourselves, really, so that we can come into relationship in healthier unions, so that we can parent in better ways. I mean, Shane and I were talking about this the other day about how society really begins with what your parents teach you. If you can Mm -hmm. teach your kids practices that you do and they just already have this leg up, you know, it's a really big deal. It shapes the world. And so if we are really concerned about what's happening with the world, become concerned with what's happening in your mind. Become concerned with how you can change your own life before you start reaching out to figure out where you can volunteer all your time and how you can become more involved with what's happening in the world. Become involved with your mind first and watch how your life really can unfold and how that impacts the world. My two cents. Yeah. We show up so much more authentically in our career, relationships, friendships, relationships with family members when our inner world is calm. Yeah, you can learn how to feel truth. Our truth might look very different from what we think it looks like. We may do things when we're on this path where it's like, whoa, I guess I didn't see that coming. You know, geez. I mean, I've been very surprised by myself the past six months. And it's kind of just like, okay, but it feels in my body, great. I'm just like, whoa, okay. I wasn't expecting to come to that conclusion, but here we are. And I've sat with it. And I know that that's exactly my truth. That's what we need more of is people who are really digging in and sitting down (laughs) and being quiet and still. Yeah. Digging in, sitting down, being still. Yeah. I posted something on Instagram And I just said, if you want to be here or here or here or here, and it was me in all these different locations. And then at the end, it was a picture of me meditating. And it was like, find silence and stillness here first. Being present in all the different places through all the bullshit in life, it really starts sitting on your pillow, on the floor, in silence and stillness. So I can't think of anything that's changed my life more than my meditation practice in the last year and a half. And I just highly, highly, highly encourage you all to start to. Yeah, we love you. And we show you that we love you by telling you about this because (laughs) that feels good love. This is for the den mothers. More pups right now. And there we go. If you meditate already, keep doing it. If you don't, start. Last thing that I want to say is you might – sit here and listen to this and be like, I just don't know where to begin. 
blah, blah, blah. Just begin. Just sit down and begin because you will then have questions about your own experience. You can then reach out to us or to different meditation teachers. Ask your yoga guru. Ask, you know, whatever. You will start engaging in conversation about it. You'll have questions to ask from experience, not just from this hypothetical, what if I can't sit down? What if my mind's too busy? Just start and then you can ask from that place. But don't let this overthinking about how perfect your morning meditation is supposed to be stop you from doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. A great point to end on. Thank you for hearing us today, Wolfpack. This is a huge part of our lives and we love you and hope it carries over into your life as well. If you start your practice and you have additional questions, Lauren and I both offer one-on-one coaching. You can find us at The Den Mothers on Instagram and both of our personal pages and stuff are linked from there. We'll add our stuff in the show notes as well. Or you can find us on Patreon and ask us a question specifically that we will either answer for you or answer for the VIP Wolfpack at patreon.com slash the Den Mothers. We love you. We're so happy to have you in our community. 